Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in here on this Friday morning. Uh, Thank you to listeners who let us know on the text line uh, that... Beer Fest, Brew Fest, that was set to take place at Union Station tomorrow has been canceled or rescheduled uh, for August 3rd. Uh, Their website does not indicate that, and the Facebook page is kind of confusing about it. So um, uh, we are uh, aiming to get an organizer of the event on with us on Monday to talk more about that decision um, and, and the decision to keep it at Union Station, but to wait until a date coming up in August. But no brew fest for this weekend and update your website yeah <laughs> i am I, your website it should have been an easy thing to have found yes uh but thank you to everybody on the text line who let us know we appreciate it so the conversation is evolving here i'm told many of you are on hold uh and we certainly have the time i would just ask as we i, I hate talking about guns i hate it but if we're going to talk about guns if the conversation's going to go there I would ask, I said this on Twitter last night too, use facts for your argument and oh. please be respectful. Oh, that that's asking a lot, Jamie. I mean, <laughs> come on. Because, because we're going to look stuff facts. up. We're going to ask you where you got your information. There are three of us to look it up and we're going to. I'm going to look over the text line. All we're seeing is assumptions and guesses followed by the words, I guarantee it. Oh, okay. So when you're wrong, I get my money back then? Is that, uh, well, as long as it's got your personal guarantee that you don't know anything. Uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy. Nobody, nobody's bothering with facts. We all know what the family situation of the shooters was. Uh, we all know where they lived. Uh, we all know everything about them and how little respect they have for life and that they have no father. Uh, I mean, all these things are guaranteed. They're guaranteed, Jamie. I'm going to regret this decision in a minute, I think. But but let's just remember that the goal of the conversation here, really, is to come up with ways to make a dent in a really big problem that I know some people think doesn't affect them. But I mean, I and we'll get to your calls here in a second. But I mean, I live in a part of town that people say they don't go to because it is too violent. I mean, I live right on the plaza, which is a people that when we start talking about this, people tell me it's too dangerous on the plaza. I don't go because there are shootings. I don't go. And I sit here having never experienced any of that. And I have no problem here whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but I still live in it. And when I house hunt, I'm not afraid of some of those areas that people say they're afraid to be in. We need to have the conversation with the goal of solving some of the problems. Let's go to Alta in Shawnee. Hello, Alta. Hi there. Uh, I've been thinking instead of always having a reactive response when things happen, 
I don't know what the curriculum is in schools, grade schools, high schools, but it seems like there should be like anger management, conflict resolution as a normal part of the curriculum where they would learn ways to respond to insults and to hurt and to whatever and have that become so deeply ingrained that when something happens, that would be the first response. You wouldn't think about, oh, I wish I had a gun. No. Um, And there can be lots of times when they're not going to be getting that kind of training at home. Uh, Maybe violence is how anger is dealt with at home. So in a controlled environment in school, if they had a, a system set up where people who are trained and know the best way to get through at different ages to bring them up through all of those years where it's just part of what you learn and it becomes your first go-to response to things that happen instead of always being violent because the entire world is becoming ever increasingly violent and unless there's a long-term solution where you keep reinforcing other ways to approach the things that make you unhappy, um, I don't think there's going to be improvement. It's going to take a very long, constant – churches could get involved with groups that are trained in in uh, conflict resolution and uh, de-escalating. Yeah. And – they may not be getting it anywhere. So if they could get it from any and all sides where they're encountered, that is what's going to get imprinted on the brain. I Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about that at all. And, I mean, you'd be surprised how many people, I think, and thank you for the call, uh, how many people think that's the problem? That, right. oh, oh, all this touchy-feely stuff about, you know, free to be you and me and all of that, that's what led us to this stuff in the first place. And so, yeah, no matter what you do, I think – you know, the, the astute thing that she said there, well, one of many astute things that she said, is that seeing conflict resolved with violence may be what they live with every single day. And how many people yeah. live with that? And again, we're not talking about race or zip code or anything like that. Uh, you know, dad getting mad and smacking mom around is not restricted by anything. So... Uh, you know, that's a very difficult thing to overcome, even if you do attack it from all sides, from the churches and from the schools, and and recognize the churches are involved in that. Yeah. Very much uh, involved in trying to, uh, you know, trying to better society from that. And I say that as somebody who doesn't go to church, you know, but I know know that that's something that they take very, very seriously. So uh, it just takes a lot to get over what you see and what you live in every day. Yeah, we talk about that modeling behavior a lot. We often say that kids that are bullies are children of bullies. Mm -hmm. You know, that you often, you know, alcoholics are often children of alcoholics. You often model that behavior that you witness, which, and it's the kind of things that I think about are things that are like one kid at a time, which are harder and that's slower, but that's where I say, we gotta get mentors in schools. Men, we need more men as volunteers in schools to build relationships with the kids, especially the fatherless boys, to just model different behavior so they see that something else is possible. Yep, definitely. Uh, Let's go to North Kansas City where Kent's standing by. Hello, Kent. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. What do you think? Hey, uh, uh, two quick things. Uh, I'm a gun owner. Excuse me. Uh, Let me preface that. I'm a responsible gun owner. Thank you. Uh, sec- I'm a Second Amendment guy. 
Uh, I like to consider myself a normal person, but, you know, who knows? Ask my wife. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the thing that gets me about the, the gun ownership uh, and, and some of the things that are being resisted by the NRA, and I'm, I'm probably going to get pounded on by the until you take the gun out of my cold, dead hands, people. But I have absolutely no problem with uh, some of the things that need to be done as far as, you know, background checks and everything. My God, people, you know, you've got you've got young people killing other people. And it's just to me, what what purpose does it serve whether you wait, you know, three days or, you know, two weeks to get a hold of a gun? Uh, Secondly, the uh, and I'm going to get it from some of the I'm going to be labeled a sellout for saying that, but too bad. The other thing that gets me is uh, this this person, thug, whatever you want to call them, that took this AR-style weapon to uh, this celebration in a backpack, uh, would that be considered, if you took it there, uh, number one, looking for trouble, or number two, using it in a crime, would that be considered premeditated? Uh, that is a good question. Yeah, it is, and we'd need a lawyer to answer it. Uh, my guess would be no, because he could have just left it in the backpack all day and gone home. But uh, yeah, I, I, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know from a legal standpoint if that shows premeditation of you know involvement in a crime to begin with. So we'll leave that to greater legal minds to see if maybe we can find one on the phones. You bet, Ken. Thank you. Appreciate it's a great call. call. Thanks a lot for getting in. Here's another question I will ask those of you like him who are responsible gun owners. Um, If the point of having guns is to protect yourself and to protect your family, what resistance do you have to gun locks, to gun lock requirements, to, you know, everything being licensed and to having to have training? And what resistance do you have? How many guns do you actually need? If, if your goal really is to protect yourself, because that's what we talk about the Second Amendment being about for a lot of you, how many do you actually need? We'll go back to the phones on that. It looks like uh, Mike and Excelsior is up next with us. Hey, Mike. Okay, Jamie. Now you sound like my wife. How many guns do you need? <laughs> so uh, we do a lot of hunting. So we have you know different guns for different things we're hunting. But I'm not opposed to the gun reform at all. Uh, you were talking about it. it doesn't matter what race you are, where you're from, this and that. Uh, my biological dad bailed whenever he found out my mom was pregnant. And my stepdad was an alcoholic who liked to beat on his wife and his kids. And uh, me, I just was smart enough to figure out that's not how you do things. So I've brought up my children to be respectful. Don't hit your girlfriends, your wives, don't hit your kids, this and that. But as far as the guns go, if you're underage and you have a gun, you know, let's change the laws to you get a year in jail or, you know, use it to their advantage like they do the drug dealers. You get the small guys to get the big guys. You uh, involved with a shooting and it's illegal gun, five years. If somebody dies when that happens, it's 25 years. You know, let's, let's start punishing for the illegal stuff before it happens and after it happens. All right. Uh, Can't disagree with it. Yeah, Mike, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm, 
I have to admit, and and maybe it's my own uh, lack of criminal history, but uh, um, where's this going? <laughs> well, I just, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to put this all together. Okay, so you know, we have a bunch of of kids. I mean, let's call them what they are. They're, they're under eighteen, and we have a bunch of kids. At least one of whom was fairly heavily armed, and probably more than that because of what the police chief said yesterday. Uh, when Stacy Graves was talking about how multiple weapons, multiple firearms were retrieved from the scene. Okay, how are they getting there? I mean, how is it that a bunch of 14, 15, and 16-year-olds end up with weapons on them? They didn't buy them. You're not going to like the answer. Um, the best answer I have for you is stolen, either from... from Cars as a part of some kind of other crime or from parents that don't lock them up. So, again, we're talking about gun owners who are irresponsible with their weapons. Or you have sellers who don't care about selling them to kids who just want the money for them. So they're being illegally sold. Uh, yeah, uh, but 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 more gun laws aren't aren't the solution. We're told over and over and over again. Uh, I, you know, for if we're willing to, and we heard this a lot because of the the verdict. I mean, we didn't hear it so much on the air, but it was coming in on the text line like crazy. People comparing this back to what happened in Michigan with the school shooting, and yeah. saying, "Well, if you know, that's what we need to do is we need to hold more parents responsible." Okay, so we're going to hold them responsible after their kid gets their gun and shoots somebody with it, but we're not going to force them to be responsible with the gun that they bought in the first place because that would be a Second Amendment violation. I think that's ridiculous. The other thing I'll add to that really quickly is the difference between, we were pointing this out yesterday too, the difference between what happened in Michigan. Well, to be honest, we don't know yet here. But what happened in Michigan, the reason that that um, the wife, the husband, has been tried yet, was found guilty in that case is, be, is for two things. They knew their son had mental health issues. I mean, very openly, they knew about it. And they bought the gun and gave it to him. Yeah. Both of those things being true. Now, we don't know what we're going to find out in this case yet. But that's why she was found guilty in that case. Sure. And, and you're right there. And there are going to be those kinds of differences. But I just think that, you know, if if that's going to be the way of things, if we're going to go and start looking at the parents and I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I, you know, I, I'm very much in favor of the verdict in Michigan coming down the way that it did. But why not make that one next step in advance and say, if you're going to make that step, if you're going to bring a firearm into your home, you're going to have to be responsible with it. And if you're not then you're going to be prosecuted for it. If your gun got stolen because it was on your nightstand and not locked up somewhere, that's on you. 913-586-7798. We need to get to a break. Hang on the line. Get to your calls next on KMBZ. So as expected now, national media is taking a closer look at the history of violence in Kansas City beyond just the Union Station shooting. Again, we had two people that were killed in a shooting in South KC last night. New York Times just posted a story looking back at the number and the increasing number of homicides that we've had in Kansas City over the years, saying many of them attributed to arguments and disagreements. Maybe that conflict resolution is something we need to talk about more. It's starting to seem like a better and better idea all the time, isn't it? Let's go mm -hmm. to Reggie in Lenexa up next and see what Reggie's thinking about. Hey, Reggie. Hey, how you doing? I uh, just want to kind of offer up, uh, maybe this is a math problem for you, Grayson, but anyway. <laughs> Don't, I was told there would be no math. Okay, let's just take that area that we had for the uh, parade the other day, and you grid it out. 
if we took 700 of those 800 cops and evenly spread them in the crowd with their uniforms on, I don't know how far that would be, but maybe maybe that would put two cops within earshot of that argument. And now they can start moving towards the argument. So maybe just all outdoor events, I would put the cops in the crowd, spread them out evenly, because I don't know about you, if I'm next to a cop, I feel pretty safe. Mm -hmm. And if an argument starts, I'm I'm more apt to just say, hey, cop, these two are, you know, drunk, out of control. But anyway, my thoughts is for outdoor events now, so the next time we have a parade, I don't know where those 800 cops were, but I will put them in the crowd and spread them out evenly as we can. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of talk about exactly that, about you know, the, the sort of after-action reports and saying, okay, right. what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Uh, and you may very well see something like that. Uh, Reggie, thank you. That, that also, Jamie, gives us the opportunity to talk about something else that we've just found out over the last 24 hours or so, which is that somebody did step in and try to break up that fight. Somebody else who was there, not somebody who was involved in it in any way, but a woman, as soon as that argument started, walked over and said, you're not going to do this here. This is not the time. And unfortunately, that didn't do any good in that case. But if that person had been, you know, someone carrying a badge, would that have been different? Boy, the other question I'll ask about that then is if you are that person witnessing that argument, are you getting involved? Yeah, somebody because tried. I mean, and, and even that. I'm having a moment of pause. <laughs> Heck yeah. Because those people had guns. Right. And, the and last I thing, don't. And the last thing you want is for them to stop focusing on each other and start focusing on you. Right. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was an incredibly brave thing that she tried to do. And unfortunately, whoever she was, it didn't work out. So um, it just, it was amazing to me that somebody even attempted. We'll go from there to, it looks like uh, Mary at Overland Park is up next with us. Hi, Mary. I just wanted to say that I was on a conference call today with um, um, my colleagues in Buffalo, and they said that they the Bills Mafia sent a nice check to um, the yeah. hospital. Yes, that is that's very true. They've been making donations and I, and to the I'm, hospital. I'm sorry, and, I was out of the loop, and you guys they said you guys talked about it this morning, but she was so happy and she was so sad for us and. Yeah. She just said, Mary, you know the Bills Mafia, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And she goes, we, we send a big check to yeah. the Children's Hospital. Yeah. And I'm like, that the, makes us happy. Indeed. And thank you, Mary. Yeah, all of the fundraisers have been doing extremely well. Uh, saw this morning, in fact, the one for the uh, the Galvan family has also seen uh, not only the the Taylor Swift donation that's making all the headlines, but other NFL players have also yeah. donated and players from other NFL cities have also donated to that fundraiser. So, yeah, yeah. it's, I mean, between you know, Buffalo and Cincinnati and San Francisco and, I mean, but, you know, places where the Chiefs have these rivalries, that money's still rolling in because people recognize football's one thing. This is humanity. Who was the player in the Bills that had the heart problem on the field? Uh, <sighs> because of an H. Yeah, DeMar, DeMar Hamlin. Hamlin. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Boy. <laughs> we did the same thing. <laughs> Any other. Yes, exactly. And that was part we of. Ra- you know, we put was, money in for them. That was part of the reason why. So much yeah. money rolled into uh, to help DeMar Hamlin, uh, you know, after that incident on the field and went into the hospital where he was taken ECMC in Buffalo, Erie County Medical Center. 
And that's why you saw that kind of reciprocation from Buffalo, from people that were uh, donating in to all of these different campaigns, specifically the Children's Hospital one, very much as a thank you for all of that. I know we have callers on hold. We need to get to a break. Let me um, throw one thing in here. Many of you are asking about charges against the two juveniles that are still in custody. Um, Because of the law, uh, they can still keep them in custody beyond the 24 hours. They can ask. It was probably granted. What we're hearing and what we had heard is that charges would be filed today, probably this afternoon. We have gotten no official update on it since yesterday. So you know what we know. But we'll, we are waiting also to find out exactly what's going on. All right, hang on the line. More of your calls next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 913-586-7798. Channel 41 just put this out that we were kind of wondering this too. Uh, Yesterday we talked about Snake Saturday is going to go on on March 16th. Um, maybe with some security changes, we don't know yet. Uh, Channel 41 just put up that organizers of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which would be the next day on March 17th, they are going forward with this year's parade. That is not going to be canceled. So we'll see what they end up doing as far as security, but the parade is still on. Yeah, and the uh, the meeting about the Snake Saturday Parade is Monday, correct? It's this coming Monday? I honestly can't remember. I, I'm I pretty. So. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's right. So we'll keep track of that as well and keep uh, you informed about what comes out of those meetings, what kinds of security changes, if any, are coming up. But they're having an organizational meeting early next week. I believe it's Monday, but if I'm wrong on that, my apologies. So we'll let you know as soon as we do what comes out of those meetings and if there are any changes that you might notice or might have to abide by. All right. Uh, we can go back to the phones here. A lot of you want to get in. Mike and Topeka up next. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, so I, I wanted to jump in because, uh, you know, I, I touched on this yesterday, and I, I really feel it, it bears repeating. Um, I, I think a big portion of this is gun owners holding each other accountable to a higher standard. You know, and in whether or not you own a gun, you know, if you know someone who does, question them on why they carry and what their defense training is and just their mindset in general. Um, I mentioned it yesterday, the Active Self-Protection YouTube channel and their five-part series on being a good, sane, sober, moral, prudent person. Um, I'm going to post a link to that on the KMBZ fan page on uh, Facebook um, so people can watch that if you want. Um, I also wanted to touch on this notion that it has anything at all to do with where you live or or who's in your family. Um, my four siblings are, are black. I have two black brothers and two black sisters. I grew up in what is affectionately referred to as the Dirty South in Topeka. Um, I lived there for 14 years before we finally moved, and there was only ever one shooting. And it's one of the poorest neighborhoods of Topeka. And today, 
Um, there's a new uh, community center there. There's a new park. The neighborhood looks a lot better than it did. So I don't, I don't think it has anything at all to do with the community or the environment. I, have, I think it has everything to do with the hearts and minds of people and not holding each other accountable and not, you know, talking to your children about how they handle conflict and how they approach just life in general and having um, respect for life. Um, and last thing I'll say, and, and this is kind of uh, the part that I think will ruffle some feathers, is I am against gun control measures simply because murder has been illegal for decades. You know, since the dawn of time murder has been illegal, people still murder each other all the time. Um, I think gun control only serves to harm the law-abiding citizens because if criminals want to get a gun, they're gonna. I can go to Home Depot with 100 bucks and make a firearm in an hour that I could go out and kill people with if I wanted to, but I don't because I, I value life. Um, so I, I think it's more a matter of really pushing people to hold each other accountable, having the conversations, and, and just you know make it more of an effort of putting that on parents to talk to their children and be good people. So can I be clear about something? Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you think there should be any restrictions on people owning yes, guns? Actually. Um, okay, I, I tell me which think, ones you think should um, be in place. Um, having your firearms locked up, I, I think that is critical. Um, if you are a kid that gets your, your parents' firearm because you they left it unsecured, absolutely, the parents should be held accountable for that. Um, if you are someone who keeps your firearm in your glove box in the car and it gets broken into and it gets stolen, you should be held liable for that. If you are proven to be an irresponsible gun owner, you should absolutely be held accountable for that. And I think that's the whole point of all this is that we as gun owners should speak up and speak out about people being idiots with their firearms because it is life and death. And if you aren't responsible with that, then you don't deserve to own a firearm. Can you define irresponsible to me okay so me every firearm i own right now is at home locked up there are three levels of security between someone getting to my firearms and the firearm itself the only firearm that's not locked up is the one that's on my hip it never leaves my hip ever to me that is responsible gun owners like uh, anyone who comes in my home i make sure that they know of of my safety protocols i make sure that they talk to their children when they come in my home about what's expected what's understood everything like i said everything i own is locked up and i get training and i i make sure that i'm mentally fit that i am you know in that five-part series being sober of thought you know i when i approach a situation i don't get to have an ego you know, I, I approach everything in my life to be that good person because I don't ever, ever want to have to use my firearm unless I absolutely have to. And it's because I value life. All right, uh, Mike, I appreciate the call. I mean, I, I personally have a lot of trouble with that argument that says, well, you know, people that, that laws aren't going to do anything because criminals aren't going to obey the law. Well, if that's the case, get rid of all laws. Right. Take them all away. Why do we have laws then? Because none of them do any good. Criminals still break the law. We, we got laws against bank robbing and chiefs aholic happened. Okay. Right. So, okay, we'll just get rid of the law against uh, robbing banks then. And so, I mean, he's right when he says that, you know, where you grew up and, and your, you know, the what your household looked like and all of that, none of that stuff is a death sentence. None of that stuff is carved in stone. And you can overcome a lot of things. It's not going to help in a lot of cases, uh, but it's, it, it, you know, nothing is going to be carved in stone. You still have decisions to make as a person. 
And yeah, there are going to be people who are going to make bad decisions and there are going to be people who will be guided by their anger and who are going to be violent, awful human beings no matter what you do. But making it as easy as we have made it for that guy to go and arm himself to the teeth, that's ridiculous. I can't I can't argue with that. I I Yeah, it makes my head spin. We have laws for a reason. Let's just not make anything illegal then. Yeah. Uh, Darren's up next with us in North Kansas City. Hello, Darren. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. And I just, you know, I grew up in in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, south of the river, uh, a couple miles off Independence Avenue. And that was normal to me. And, and to be quite honest, for, you know, I, I wasn't a saint all the time. And uh, but fortunately, I could get into the military, and I finally did. But years later, I was a military recruiter in the inner city, and I, I uh, cared a lot about the kids, but, you know, I also learned about the community. And I will just tell you that, first off, I don't see any similarity between this shoot, this event and a school shooting other than the fact that, that a gun was a tool, you know, violence. Um, I, uh, if, you, you know, we had, when you, I just believe that when you have a problem, the more you look it straight in the eye, the better off you can come to terms with resolving it. For example, in the inner city where I grew up, um, if you show up to day one of kindergarten, you're going to see a lot of kids who are totally unprepared. You get, you're going to wonder what the heck is going on here? Who is raising these kids? And it, and it lasts through high school. Now there are two very good high schools. It's not a, it's just a disproportionate percentage that care about an education and being productive, having a code of conduct. Okay. With that said, uh, I'm look, I'm right here in my truck, and I have I have a I've had a concealed carry forever. Matter of fact, they used to let all of, all of the recruiters um, before I retired because of some terrorist in, incidents were authorized to carry in uniform. But I could go. Here's my problem. I could go sell that gun to somebody and it, and they don't need a background check. And I, uh, I'm all about in the military, for example, you do a fingerprint, it comes back in a day or two and it'll show your record. All right. There's a lot of people out there just politicizing it about background checks. I have no problem. I, matter of fact, I don't, I, there's a lot of people with a gun that I wouldn't want them to have a gun. Right. So I don't think this, this shooting here, was more, I, you know, we use terms, I want to keep it as clean as I can without offending people, but these kids that that were doing that violence, they just grew up wanting to be gangsters, more than likely, because you'll see that there, you know, and that's pretty much my two points on the culture in our inner city, uh, widespread, and the fact that they didn't get their, those, they didn't legally own those firearms. So, I have to stop you for a second. Yeah. We have no idea how they got the guns. We don't know the background right. of these guys. We don't know how old they are. We don't know mm -hmm. that they grew up in the inner city. And I get upset on behalf of any group when you when you act like everybody's the same. When, when people act like everybody from a place or who lives in a place is the same. It's horribly unfair. I'm not doing that. I'm, That's a, exactly I'm what you just did. Well, I said disproportionate. And number two, and we're going to, you know, uh, these are juveniles with those guns. I saw the gun, the, a juvenile hat, all right, and I heard how loud the shots were coming. I think what we will find when we find all this is 
that that that's that is what it is. The the the, the teenager was tackled, right? And that 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 uh, that semi-automatic gun came out of there with a high-capacity magazine. All right. So I think I'm fairly. I'm, and no, not all. I used to love Sumner Academy kids. These kids from the inner city where I grew up, right? Accomplishing goals, you know, and and doing well in school, but you have a disproportionate amount. Look at the ACT scores. I keep them on my phone, right? Extremely low in our inner cities. There's not a large amount of care. A lot of that, that, it's just a culture where a disproportionate amount, education don't mean nothing to them, right? And that's parenting. We're telling them. Point out the grammar problem as you criticize the education problem, but go on. Well, I got a college degree, and I'm a military retiree, So, I, but I am from there, so if it comes out, you know, it, it, it's just uh, you get, it, that's, I don't see it in our lifetime changing, and I'm cheering for anybody down there. I always have, right? But that, I'm telling you, show up the day one in kindergarten and ask what's going on. All right, you know, just, just look. You'll see that there is a parenting problem in our inner cities it's called again you keep calling everybody the same you just keep and i know you're trying you're trying to get yourself out of it by saying the vast majority or whatever but you keep saying this problem whatever large majority but you keep painting everybody from the inner city the same no i didn't say everybody did you i just said but you keep saying in the inner city we have this problem you keep saying this culture that's we do so don't deny that you're doing it Okay, well, I mean, you're, I, I'm not saying everybody, but it's a large amount. So 75% is more than 20%. Okay, that's all I'm saying. We're, we want the same result. We want this stuff to stop. Okay, but that is my observation. I don't know where you grew up or where, where you went to school, but when I went to work every day, half the days it was in an inner city school. Okay, that's what I saw. I can't tell you something else. All right, uh, Darren. Thanks. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm ready to lose my mind. Here. As as far as a you know, well, they don't they don't care about education. Um, well, you know, what have we been teaching them? What have we been teaching them for the last hundred years? Uh, you know, uh, which which schools do you think have more money spent on them? Say that again. What do which, you mean? Which schools do you think have more money spent on them? Public schools in the in the white suburbs or public schools in the black inner city? Which, well, we fund schools based on property taxes. So right. It's where property values are yeah. higher, which so, tend to be in white suburbs. Right. So you send a ki- you send a bunch of kids from a particular neighborhood into a crap school that's falling apart with teachers who are making half of what the ones out in the suburbs are making, and you're stunned that the people attending that school don't seem to care as much about education. Let's see if we can piece together why that might be. We have to get to a break, <laughs> or Colin is going to start screaming at us uh but we will we only have one more segment we have to move on we have an interview at noon so we'll do our best to get to your calls next on kmbz all right the update is out 16th judicial circuit court of missouri jackson county family court division just put out a news release uh we are missing some key details in this uh and there's not a lot in it but i'll read it uh, a couple of key parts here uh two juveniles were charged on thursday february 15th 
by the office of the juvenile officer related to the incident at the chief's rally on February 14th. The juveniles are currently detained in secure detention at the juvenile detention center on gun related and resisting arrest charges. I'd like a little more than gun related, but okay. Uh, it is anticipated that additional charges are expected in the future as the investigation continues. And that's something that, again, we heard from Jean Peters Baker yesterday. She said, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, it was something to the effect of don't be alarmed if you feel like there should be more charges because there may be more coming. Uh, so it seemed like she had a good indication that it was going to be something like this where there would be no mention of a death involved in the charges that came out initially. But yeah. this is one of those situations where you charge, um, and, and there's reasons for this. We can go through here really quickly. Uh, you charge it in order to, to hold. You you make right. sure that you get charges. You know you've got them dead to rights on so that you can hold them while you're trying to piece together what the other charges are. What you don't want to have is a situation where you charge somebody with, let's say, just to pick a charge out of the air, you charge second-degree murder. Then you find out that the facts of the case don't support second-degree murder. You know you're not going to be able to get a conviction. You have to break, you have to hold that charge back down to something like first-degree manslaughter. Well, what does that tell a jury when, in their closing argument, the defense attorney says, they initially wanted to charge this guy with right. second-degree murder. And they had, I mean, even they were were overcharging and, you know, were overzealous in their prosecution when they knew this guy didn't do anything that bad. So that's why you don't want to do that initially. They want to make sure that the biggest charge they have is absolutely ironclad and warranted. I want to know what gun-related charges are. Yeah, is it that a matter? Could be a lot of things. Is it a matter of concealing a weapon when you didn't have a, you know, the 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 right to do that? Yeah, what is Theft? it? Theft. I yeah. mean, what is it? Yeah. yeah, but that's what we know right now. So uh, we'll go back to it at that and bring in Jacob and Lenexa next and see what he's got going on. Hello, Jacob. Hey, how we doing? Let me take a all right. Let's take a Great. breather. I'm not here to talk about guns. But I can't touch it. I cannot touch it. I just want to make a forward point. See something say something, forgive me, I think Chiefs Kingdom, a million people, you dropped the ball. Somebody saw something. I was in the lawn, they caught a spotter of what appeared to be a uh, an officer or some kind of law enforcement on top of a roof with a long rifle. I was, I was pleased with the uh, police presence, and there was just so many uh, law enforcement out there. Even if you took one officer or two officers from where they were in probably close proximity, it, it would have been fine. We, we got to stop being scared of just seeing something, even if we're wrong. We got to stop scared, being scared about possibly being wrong. See something, say something. You got it. Jacob, thanks. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, and there was a call, by the way, that came out uh, that was released over the scanners where the snipers were told to stand down. And the reason for that is obvious. They're too far away from it. They're too far right. away from it at that point. And then all you would have is another person shooting into a crowd. You can't do that. Right. All right, we'll get as many as we can on here before we break the top. How about Jason in Olathe up next? Hi, Jason. Yeah, thanks. Uh, great show, guys. Thank You're you. doing a good job. Thank you. Um, only because you asked a prelim a comment, only because you asked, and not why I called. Significant and very uh, quick consequences is how you control human behavior. Pavlov proved that a long time ago with dogs. It works with people, and frankly, my experience of 40 years of law practice has been people will part with their freedom before they will part with their money. So um, it needs to be a combination of both, but not why I called. 
full disclosure, I'm a follow-up to yesterday. I'm the one who pointed out the Kerry interview, the Pulitzer Prize winning, I think, interview that that uh, Dana and Parks did yesterday. And that interview has still not been squared with what we're hearing from the police, and that's what bothers me. They told us yesterday, point blank, they weren't looking for anybody else. And now today they say they are looking for two to three other suspects. If you go back and listen to the Kerry interview. They said yesterday they were. I'm going to interrupt you for a second because facts are important. They said yesterday they were still looking for other suspects potentially. Not at the morning press interview. They did not. not with the we police aired it. Not. She said they were not. Okay. You saw a different interview than I did. But I'm just saying that the, the information coming out today is still not squared at all with that Kerry interview, which was a very credible eyewitness testimony shortly after it happened, very detailed of exactly what transpired. And they say now they only have two in custody when he clearly indicated there were seven people directly involved. All right. Uh, well, all we can tell you is what we're being told by the police. So uh, we, we, you know, we'll continue to watch if, if indeed they are able to get somebody else into custody. All right. Thanks to everybody for getting in. We need to move on. Coming up, be back here in just a few minutes on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.